Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is doing everything they can to help DGENs only cash big. Use the promo code SGP for a 50% deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matchups pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Yes, here we go with the latest edition of our show that focuses in on the little guy. The guy not being given much of a chance. The guy that has the plus number in front of their names in college football in the NFL. It is Three Dog Thursday. And wherever and however you found us, thank you for doing so. It is the month of December. And we are ready to rock and roll with my senior handicapper, Brian Edwards, coming up. And then in the middle of the program, special guest from the Sports Gambling Podcast and their fleet of shows, Sean Green, one of the co-founders, is going to be hanging out with me as part of Three Dog Thursday, where we look for all of those underdogs uh, in college football and the NFL. Hope you got enough to eat. Hope you got enough of the football. At the time we're taping, it's been crazy with finally the Steelers game with the Ravens being played on Wednesday afternoon. It was supposed to be played last Thursday, Thanksgiving night. Then on Sunday, maybe on Tuesday. Yes, the Steelers looked a little stale, but they got the win. I know Brian Edwards is ticked off about the uh, the Ravens and their late cover. But the, uh, the football, uh, look, we just got to be happy with whatever we can get right now. The NFL, the college, there's been a lot of pauses and cancellations in college football where we're trying to make up as many of the games we have had. Uh, we've got many more that are going to be played this weekend. We've got conference championship games looming. Be happy with what you have right now for college football and the NFL and the games that we're getting. I know that it stinks that the fans can't be at games and in person at games. I mean, I was at the Kansas City Buccaneer game and man, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs at field level looked phenomenal uh, with Tyreek Hill catching for 200 yards in the first quarter. Sure, the Buccaneers would have loved to have had 65,000 people going bonkers, but because of the COVID-19 concerns, for safety and the guidelines, etc., I understand where you can only have a percentage of the fans right now in-house. You're getting these games all over the country, uh, all over the globe, wherever you can see them, at least right now on TV and online. So be happy with that for college football and the NFL. We're getting something, and something is better than nothing, and we're getting most of the games played instead of some or a few or none. So I'm happy with that. We should do the same. And again, Man, the Chiefs at field level look every bit the Super Bowl contending part. Of course, the Steelers have won now in that made-up game with the Ravens to go to 11-0. More on Pittsburgh later on uh, about this. But uh, those are the two top teams right now in the AFC. Who else gets in the mix 
with them right now do the Buffalo Bills deserve to be in that conversation? Uh, can we honestly say that the Titans are on their way back after their playoff run last year? I don't know out of the AFC South. Who makes it in the AFC uh, in the Super Bowl? And over in the NFC, uh, who can figure right now? My Buccaneers were looking so good at 7-3 and three, and now find themselves at 7-5 and five after losses to the Rams and the Chiefs. They get the late bye week here on Week 13 trying to regroup. Green Bay, the Saints, they look like the two top teams. Of course, Green Bay has the head-to-head win in New Orleans earlier this year, but the Saints, Saints had really good fortune with that debacle for the quarterback situation with the Denver Broncos not having an available quarterback to play in the game and the NFL making them play, almost punishing them. You're going to play this game without a quarterback because your QBs were in the QB meeting room without masks on, uh, violating the protocol, and the Saints took advantage and said, thank you very much. Uh, in that scenario and pounded them last week. I love the Broncos for Three Dog Thursday. If they had actually had Drew Locke or a functioning quarterback, uh, Jeff Driscoll or whomever, uh, in that defense, instead they had to go to the, the receiver, the practice squad receiver, Kendall Hinton, who had been a college quarterback at Wake Forest. They had to go to him. Uh, the end result, the bottom line, is they had no offense uh, passing the ball whatsoever in that game, and the Saints won it easily. Saints now will play the Falcons, looking to take full and final command of the NFC South and win the division and still in the hunt for the top seed in the NFC playoffs. Uh, We'll talk more about that. Sean Green again will be here in the middle segment to bemoan his Eagles, who were beaten soundly by the Seahawks. Yeah, they scored a late touchdown to get the cover and dress up the final score for Three Dog Thursday purposes. But hey, give Seattle a lot of credit. Who's going to win the West between they and the Rams and the Cardinals and the 49ers even have a pulse after they beat the Rams last Sunday evening? Uh, What's going to happen in the NFC West? Anyway, for Three Dog Thursday purposes, at least the Buccaneers did get the cover. We had them for Three Dog Thursday last week on the program. I know Brian's upset with the Chargers, who looked like they were going to get the cover late in the game at Buffalo, only to botch it down on the goal line with some of the uh, the poor goal line uh, play calls and Justin Herbert going for the quarterback sneak on fourth and goal down by 10 with about a minute left or 30 seconds left, whatever it was. It would have been good for the Charger cover. Instead, the Bills win and they cover uh, last week. So lots of pro football to talk about. Lots of college football controversy about the ACC basically now designating Clemson and Notre Dame as their championship game uh, participants. Uh, The controversy with Kirk Herbstreet uh, really putting his foot in his mouth on national TV Tuesday night on the rankings reveal for the college football playoff, hinting that Michigan might not play uh, Ohio State uh, in the in the rivalry game December 12th, Michigan has now paused their football activities. What's really going on here? Herb Street having to backpedal and apologize. We're going to talk all about this with Brian Edwards straight ahead. Sean Green in the middle on the YouTube roundtable. A reminder, again, subscribe to this podcast wherever you found us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, subscribe. It comes automatically to you on Thursdays. And also subscribe via YouTube, the Three Dog Thursday YouTube uh, roundtable is always there every week with different roundtable guests. Again, Sean Green is the lone guest this week on the roundtable. He and I will go back and forth on the college football and the NFL. So again, subscribe away to the podcast, whether you found us through a social media link, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Sign up. It'll come automatically to you. Rate us and review us. 
Uh, we move up in the rankings. Many of you have done that this fall in the football season. Uh, the numbers are in, by the way, for November. And again, we're increasing audience by the thousands and thousands. You're finding us through the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows here on Three Dog Thursday. So rank us and review us. More people will find us on Three Dog Thursday as well. So keep doing that. And again, find the YouTube page and subscribe, and it comes automatically to you with the YouTube videos. All of those disclaimers out of the way. Let's get to the football, the conversation, the underdog picks. Some very interesting ones with two weeks to go in the college football regular season. Five weekends of NFL regular season, we believe, are remaining. Let's get to all of the conversation now. Indeed, we have ended November. We flipped into December, and normally it would be championship game week for all the conference championship games. But no, it's 2020 with all the craziness, so we still have regular season college football to get to. And to help me sort it out, senior handicapper, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider, the Brian Edwards is back on the program We've got much more college football to figure out and decide. We've got so much stuff going on off the field. We've got to get to that. Then we've got to get to some underdog picks on the show. How were you? Did you get enough to eat Thanksgiving weekend? I know we got our fill of the football. How you doing? I'm doing horrible. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I'm good. I'll be over it in about a half hour. Uh, I was going to say, it may be over it by tonight, a couple of adult beverages. We'll get to the NFL much later in the podcast where you can already tell uh, Brian has got uh, both barrels ready at the Steelers failing to cover in the bizarro Wednesday afternoon matchup with the Ravens. More on the NFL later. I like the honesty, though. Uh, but did you get enough? I just, I'm just concerned for your caloric intake. Did you get enough to eat with all of the football? And now we're good. Now we're good for a new week sure. and, a new, and a new month. We're good. Oh yeah. No, I had leftovers the next day. Everything. Yeah. No, I got, I got, I got, um, yeah, yeah. Plenty of food. We got plenty of, and we got plenty to discuss before we get to the doggies, uh, here. All right. Let's just, let's dive right in on several subjects. Subject one is the ACC, which de- which declared by proclamation on Tuesday that essentially the regular season chase for the conference championship game is over. Again, under the category of it's 2020, we'll just make it up as we go along. The ACC has decided to not make up the final two games for Clemson and Notre Dame, one each, on December the 12th, and instead basically say, if you guys win your games this weekend, which both are heavily favored to do, you're playing in the title game. Miami is sitting back, the Hurricanes, with one loss, with potentially two games remaining for them, going, what what the hey here, that we still had a chance maybe at a three-way tie and a chance at the conference title game, and a shot again maybe at Clemson or at Notre Dame. All right, Brian, uh, what do you have to say about what the ACC did? Well, I, I just know that that one of one of or I'm not sure if it was two that I mean I know that Notre Dame at Wake Forest is not a layup. Dave Clawson is one of the, the better coaches uh, in the conference, at least if not a, a top twenty five coach in the nation, and uh, that team is playing good football. Uh, I'm not looking at their page now, but I mean the only loss I can remember in the last month or so it was at UNC when they led that game by like 21 at one point and 14 I want to say two separate times uh that game and look nobody I mean my, my stock on Notre Dame has continued to rise and rise uh it's 
even more so with the way they won at Boston College and at North Carolina than beating Clemson because those were road games against pretty solid teams and they they won in pretty dominant fashion. So, I mean, I, I think they would have won at Wake Forest, but it's not a layup. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know if COVID numbers had anything to do. I'm not, I'm not really sure what happened, what the deal with that decision was. But if they're just assuming Notre Dame was going to win at Wake Forest, that's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, interesting. Uh, I had North Carolina on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, for Friday, Black Friday last week against Notre Dame at home. Their defense played much better against the Irish, but man, Notre Dame shut down Sam Howell and company in the second half, and that may bode well for the ACC title game, for the college football playoff if they make it, how well their defense played as well for Brian Kelly's team. But let's get into this a little bit more here because is, isn't this part of this, the mess that the ACC didn't help solve two weekends ago with Clemson playing Florida State, and that's the makeup game that Florida State didn't want to play in the first place. Clemson's upset, and so part of the ACC solving this is, okay, we don't have to worry about that makeup game for Clemson, and if we're going to do that, then that means that Notre Dame doesn't have to have a, a makeup game either. And oh, by the way, we'll let Florida State play somebody else to help uh, get to get to more games for them. Uh, what about that part, uh, Brian, and, here? Go and, ahead. And, well, and, let's, and I haven't seen any numbers for Virginia, but, I mean, like, I saw specifically that Clemson's bill to travel to Tallahassee was two hundred fifty dollars to $275,000. So let's just let Virginia travel down to Tallahassee and let's call it a couple hours before <laughs> again. Right. For the second time in two weeks. And you talk about players jumping off that sinking ship. I mean, they've had, like, uh, well, their best player uh, um, in the secondary opted out. Uh, they've had two right. o- O-linemen. Asante, you're, you're mentioning Asante Samuel, Asante Samuel, was, Samuel was this week. Marvin yeah. Wilson, NFL caliber defensive tackle, has been injured, and he basically said no thanks. Um, and, in, and in this case, just to interject, Florida State had COVID concerns, COVID contact tracing, and they were the ones that told Virginia, we can't play. Unlike the Clemson situation where it was a player and Florida State said, we're not going to take the chance, we're not going to play. I, you know, uh, I, I can understand where some people are not happy with the, with the Seminoles and the end of the season here, rightfully so. Yeah, and, and and they've had multiple players leave in the last, like, 36 hours, and they had a four-star decommit. Um, and things are not going well uh, for the Knowles, who are a bottom-tier ACC program, which is bad. Yeah, it's not, it's not saying much for them. Um, okay, so then that kind of that, – that morphs into, while we just make it up as we go along and change the rules, where do you come down? I know Ohio State is now – uh, going to be able to play this week against Michigan State, although they had some COVID-positive players, and even the coach, Ryan Day, will not be allowed to coach under the Big Ten guidelines here for this game with Michigan State. But they're still in the college football playoff top four. Brian, do you agree that Ohio State should still be there with only four victories when you've got the other teams playing and winning eight or nine games right now? What do you, what do you make of that? An opinion from you, Brian. Well, I want to see more of them. Um, I, you know, I, look, Indiana, um, you know, 
nearly rallied uh, at their place from were they down 28 at one point i know they were down they were down 30 uh, 35 7 correct in the second yeah 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 and i mean you know if Penix doesn't throw that pick i mean i gotta see more of ohio state i mean i'm not saying they're not one of the top four teams in america but we need to see more of it and um you know, right now, I mean, you could make an argument that Alabama, Notre Dame, Florida, and or Clemson are better than Ohio State. I'll leave A&M out of that. They look like garbage uh, this past week, and Kellen Mond was 11 of 34 uh, throwing the ball for 105 yards. But, uh, yeah, we need to see more of Ohio State. And, and as far as whether they're eligible for the Big Ten title game or not, <laughs> I think it would be better for them in terms of impressing the committee to just play Wisconsin the weekend of the 19th if Northwestern would be the other team. Let Northwestern and Indiana play the Big Ten championship game. Let let us see Ohio State play against a better team in Wisconsin on the 19th. I saw Barry Alvarez had remarks that maybe they need to revisit what makes you eligible for the Big Ten title game. <laughs> well, you but can uh, – on that – hey, if I can interject, on that point – Maybe do, he doesn't want to play – he doesn't want to play Ohio State. Maybe not, but I mean, here's the bottom line. If anybody believes this week or next week, and we're taping Three Dog Thursday on Wednesday evening, if anybody doesn't think the Big Ten will make it up as they go along, just like the ACC, to give Ohio State the best chance to win the Big Ten title and or be in the college football playoff, of course they'll make it up. They'll, if something happens here where they can't play the Big Ten title game, they'll, they'll find a way to do something to have them play somebody, if that's the case, so... Uh, or they'll relax the rule. They'll say you don't need the six games. They'll change it. It'll be, uh, what is it, ex post facto is the Latin for the for the court, doing it after the fact, go back and change it retroactively. They're going to do that uh, for Ohio State because they realize there's between 18 and $20 million on the line for the Buckeyes and what they share with the conference if they make the college football playoff. So uh, let's see what the Big Ten does or doesn't do here. And again, Ohio State is a hefty noon Eastern time, 24-point favorite without Ryan Day coaching, with some of their players not able to play at Michigan State, who beat Northwestern last week. That may be a little rich there that, as, a, as a favorite. Uh, Sparty as the doggy. we will see uh, about that. One more before we get to the specific underdog picks. Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, a Buckeye, obviously through and through, and, and obviously one of the premier, if not the premier analyst in all of college football, one of the predominant voices of the sport with the pulpit of ESPN and their influence and the college football playoff being beholden to ESPN with their relationship. He's on their official rankings release show on Tuesday night, basically putting it out there that Michigan is uh, perhaps going to put their program on pause and may just elect to not play the end of the season. Just give up, throw their hands up because they have a losing record. They're going nowhere. They're not going to go to a bowl game. That They might not play Ohio State a weekend from now. Not this weekend, but the weekend of the 12th. He was given a chance, Brian, to amend that after saying it. Reese Davis, the host, gave him a chance to it, and he didn't amend it. He didn't back off of it. And then after the show was over and the firestorms going everywhere about him calling Michigan out and Michigan maybe quitters, and he then took to social media to apologize to Harbaugh, to the players, to everybody. This is an Ohio State guy apologizing to Michigan. Talk about Twilight Zone, Brian, 2020. All right, so I've laid it all out there. I'll get your take first, and then I'll follow up a little more 
about this mess that he stepped in. And as it turns out now, afterwards on Wednesday, Michigan did pause and will not play their game this week. So he he was obviously being told something, being whispered something, and it came to fruition with Michigan going on pause. But what do you make of all of that that I laid out, Brian? Well, he was a little overly apologetic. Uh, he obviously knew he had, uh, you know, stuck foot in mouth, uh, kind of like uh, before the 06 title game when his Buckeyeness got the best of him, and he, and he said Ohio State wins tonight, and they win big. He got the win big part. Florida beat the brakes off in 41 <laughs> to 14, and they had 82 yards of total offense. Look, if Michigan had pulled what FSU had pulled, you know, the last two weekends. Then, then maybe he would have some basis for saying something like that. But, I mean, look, Michigan's garbage this year, but they haven't, like, pulled out of any games. I mean, what, like you said today, I mean, they had to pause, but they haven't pulled out any games. Like, FSU pulled out of uh, two games On the day hours off. before kick yeah. after, yeah. after the quarter million dollars that both teams, Virginia and Clemson, had spent to get there. Well, and, and something else – that is that is part of this, all right? Uh, I mean, we know Dabo Sweeney is still unhappy. Uh, by the way, Kurt's sons, Kirk Herbstreet's sons, play for Clemson. So it's not hard to connect the dots that one of the guys he's talking to off the air, off the mic, is Dabo Sweeney about frustration, about teams waving the white flag, refusing to play us. Because this is the truth. Florida State knew they were going to get beat by 40 points to Clemson. Michigan knows most likely Ohio State, their rival, is going to try to beat them by three or four or five touchdowns in that game. And I think Herbstreet was also talking to Ryan Day, who was concerned probably privately that Michigan may try to not play this game and screw us out of the Big Ten title game. That's the word that I will use. I don't think it's far-fetched that those are two of the prominent coaches that he was referring to. He said he said uh, something to the effect, Brian, of, you talked to some coaches. I'm thinking the some coaches are Dabo and Ryan Day that were expressing sure. those concerns to him. Sure, sure. But like I said, you know, Michigan hasn't pulled out of any games. Uh, FSU has. If it was a situation where, you know, Michigan had done what FSU had done, then those remarks would have been okay. But – uh Obviously, they were a little out of line, and hence his overly apologetic mea culpa in all super sincerity when, uh, you know, he wasn't being so super sincere an hour before or whatever the time frame was. Wow. All right. So, uh, anyway, there's kind of the backdrop. Um, Okay, one more here, and that is we've been talking about Cincinnati and BYU trying to get together, trying to play. Now, Cincinnati had to pause, again, hit the pause button. They were not able to play uh, last weekend, but they now have a free weekend to potentially play. At the, and in, at midweek here on Wednesday evening, they're not, they're not playing BYU. I, I know you've got a take on this. I've got a take as well. Uh, again, Cincinnati number seven in the second rankings release of the college football playoff. BYU still at 14. BYU looking for an opponent. Brian, what is your analysis? Well, I, I believe it was Adam Rittenberg or Rittenberger of uh, ESPN because I retweeted it last week. Uh, when Cincy had to cancel, whoever they're playing last week, I think it was at Temple, uh, when they had to cancel that, he tweeted that. Uh, because there was some AAC rule uh, that they were they couldn't play the following week either. So this was like a week ago that I, I tweeted uh, or retweeted what he said, 
Uh, and I was like, so this means Cincy BYU cannot happen on December 5th. So that was not an option. And now with Liberty awaiting their last, their next round of COVID tests uh, that are, are due back, I guess, tonight or in the morning, Liberty is going to give Coastal Carolina an answer, uh, I would think, before lunch tomorrow on whether they can play at Coastal this weekend. And if not, there have been multiple reports, uh, Ross Dellinger of SI, uh, Feldman, uh, Bruce Feldman obviously uh, have reported that uh, BYU uh, has been in talks with Coastal, and if Liberty's not going to make it, BYU is going to get on the airplane in Provo or Salt Lake and uh, head toward Conway, South Carolina. <laughs> and by the way, that would that would make for an interesting spread that I was just discussing on my uh, interview on Beeson because I said if BYU – I know we like the underdogs here, so I'll just say if BYU is single digits, don't consider the chance of clears, uh, I would maybe be thinking the other way. So Liberty, we already know if they play the game that Malik Willis, their outstanding quarterback, who has 2,000 yards passing and near 1,000 yards rushing, he can't play. He's COVID positive. So that makes a big difference, and, and Coastal Carolina is favored by 11 at home in this Saturday afternoon game. So if Liberty can't play at all and BYU comes there to play them on Saturday afternoon, you're saying that BYU would still be at least a touchdown underdog, you believe, in this game, or do you think it would swing the other way and you would favor BYU? What did you mean? Yeah, yeah my apologies. I, I meant to uh, uh, say that I think BYU will be favored by at least a touchdown and mm. possibly double digits. If they, if they were seven or fewer, I would tell your listeners not to play the underdog, but I don't want to endorse any favorites on the $3. Thursday uh, well, pot. you can here and there or stay away. You know, you stay away advice as well. And Coastal <laughs> Carolina, again, is 9-0, and and it would be a huge game for them. Again, they've got no shot to get into the Final Four, but they, they are looking at this as, couldn't we possibly get into the New Year's Six as the highest-ranking team if something happens to Cincinnati? And one more thing back here. I, I understand for Luke Fickle, they, they want to finish undefeated, blah, blah, blah for the American Conference. Again, it, they're making up these COVID guidelines and rules and changing them as they go. Uh, so uh, the American Conference, if they wanted to, could say to uh, Cincinnati, if you guys took a round of COVID tests earlier in this week at the time we're taping and took another one uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, and we're clear, you could get the all clear that, hey, go play a game Saturday because they paused last week to, to contain the outbreak. So let's just wait and see if it doesn't bite Cincinnati at the end here, uh, that they didn't get a big enough win to help them maybe get into the top four. Again, their attitude may be, as long as we finish undefeated, we win the American, we're the highest rank, a group of five school, we're going to get into a New Year's Six bowl game. So we'll just do that as an unbeaten if we can't get in the top four. But if we lose to Tulsa or if we lose to BYU, it could, it could cause us – to not get that New Year's Six Bowl bid, which is worth a lot to them financially, worth some to the American uh, as a conference. We'll see. We'll see what Cincinnati does. But uh, I thank you for that other point of view, Brian. Again, Brian Edwards here with us, Vegas Insider, MajorWager.com. Shall we get to the college football underdogs? Everybody's chomping at the bit here for an underdog or two. Where do you want to begin here as we look over the slate on this first Saturday of December, still a couple of weeks away from the championship games, what stands out? Give me an underdog. Yeah, I like Auburn as a seven-point home underdog to Texas A&M. 
on Saturday during his eight-year tenure. Gus Malzahn is 7-3 and three against the spread in 10 games. As a home underdog, Auburn is undefeated in four home games this year with a 3-1 and one spread record. Uh, three of those wins uh, coming by double-digit margins. They beat LSU uh, by 37, beat Kentucky by 16, beat Tennessee uh, by 13. They've won three in a row over A&M. Bo Nix is a completely different player at Jordan-Hare where he's got an 8-to-1 TDI and T ratio this year. Like I uh, I referenced earlier, uh, A&M looked awful last week. In fact, LSU and A&M were knotted at 270 – I'm sorry, 267 yards of total offense apiece, uh, a complete push on total offense, but A&M was plus three in turnover margin. And like I mentioned, Kellen Mond was awful, 11 of 34 for only 105 yards. Now, he's had a hell of a year, and he was victimized by a few drops. But uh, I'm not going to indict Auburn too much on uh, last week's drubbing by Alabama. Alabama, they already put a drubbing on uh, A&M at that same venue. Yep. Uh, Auburn's a different team at home. And when Gus is on this annual plank walk, and make no mistake, if he get, does get his butt whipped by Jimbo and A&M this week, he could be a goner. Uh, but he seems to always come up big in those you know, you're out if you, if you don't win this one. He normally always wins those. Uh, I think Auburn's got a really good chance to win outright, and I like him a lot plus the seven. I agree with you uh, here, and I will be taking them as my college underdog here. I did see them firsthand. Tiki Barber and I called the game on Compass Media Networks uh, this past Saturday in the Iron Bowl, and it was more about Alabama just being head and shoulders better than them, as they have most of their opposition as this year has worn on. Uh, ever since that Ole Miss game, they have really kicked it into gear, especially defensively, and blown everybody away that they have played. Uh, so that was more about them in, in terms of the margin of victory. Auburn had some chances, shoulda, coulda, woulda, late in the first half. The wide receiver, uh, Brian, I know you know this, Seth, Seth Williams, Williams dropped a bomb, yeah, yeah. and that's maybe a different game at 21-10 late in the first half. Instead, they kicked field goals, and they, they drove the ball on Alabama a couple of more times and could have had touchdowns to keep it closer before it got away from them. This is not Alabama that they're playing at home. A&M is good on offense, not that great on defense, and I think Auburn will find a way to win this game as well. As you mentioned, I love that Malzahn staff that he's got three straight wins over A&M, all of them covers, won both meetings against Jimbo, um, head to head, I'll take them along with you in that noon Eastern time game uh, as an underdog. Do you have another one for three dog Thursday purposes that you're looking at? Go ahead. Yeah, I'll go with Kansas State plus seven at home to Texas. Kansas State is five and zero against the spread as a home underdog on Chris Kleiman's watch and going back to late in the 2010 campaign, K-State is 17-4 and four against the spread in its last 21 as a home dog, and Texas is 2-6 and six against the spread in its last eight as a road favorite. And they have only won once since 2002 in Manhattan. Harmon's on the hot seat. Their best offensive lineman opted out earlier this week. Their best player in the secondary, uh, Cade Stearns, opted out. Uh, their starting corner, Jalen Green, is listed as doubtful. Uh, they led a lead. They led the Cyclones nearly the entire way last week and let it get away in the end, and that ended all their Big 12 hopes. And so now, you know, you got two of your best players opting out. There's really nothing to play for. And now you're going into a place where you haven't had much success 
and K-State has just been dynamite as a dog uh, for many, many years. But under Kleiman, 5-0 and against the spread as a home dog. Okay. The only thing I'm going to say to you is you were on this bandwagon a couple of weeks ago, and I got burned by Kansas State earlier in the year at West Virginia as a road underdog that got blown out. The fact that you are willing to go back to the Wildcats after they got humiliated at Ames, Iowa – you you either really know something here or you're a glutton for punishment. And, and it may be more about you don't believe in Texas, right, is what I can sense here on this. But the fact that you're going back to Kansas State after they burned you on, what was it, 42 nothing, 45 nothing, 87 to nothing at Iowa State, you got you got some love for the purple 40. for the for K-State. Yeah, and then they covered as an underdog again last week. I mean, just because it's like Joe Burrow and the Bengals get clobbered at the Ravens doesn't mean they're not going to cover their next dog spot. So, yes, they got mauled in Ames by the Cyclones, but they bounced back and covered easily in a one-point loss uh, last week. And, uh, and again, no, you're, you're sensing correctly that I just think Texas left their season on the field last week and uh, – and, you know, you got guys quit. You know, when guys quit on the team, yep. like your best players, I mean, that's not good for morale. Hey, and you, kept, and you kept saying it, and everybody now has kind of like fallen into the trap, if you will, of continuing to use opt-out, opt-out, opt-out. It, it's not opting out. It's what you just said. It's quitting. quitting. They are quitting. If you are a player who has been there and there are still games to play and you don't want to play, this this isn't concern over I might get coronavirus. This is I don't want to play anymore. I'm quitting. And, and I may have an NFL future. I may not. But, uh, I, you know, I, I keep hearing that, that, oh, this player is choosing to opt. They're choosing to quit. They're choosing to quit on the team. Yeah. And we have coaches who are quitting uh, as well and resigning at the end of uh, of seasons and saying this is going to be it. Uh, at least they're not departing uh, when they do that. So uh, what a mess. All right, uh, so we have those two. And I think you've got one more in terms of the ACC. Sure. Uh, I'm looking at Virginia Tech. I'm not going to take them with Clemson. That That is a ton of points at Blacksburg to maybe hang around. You're not believing in them plus 22 at all to hang around with Clemson. You think Clemson's going to be angry when it's all said and done? Well, I just I feel like it, this has been going on all year with the Hokies. I just don't feel like I know who's going to be on the field. I mean, they've had uh, guys opt out. They've had COVID issues, and Fuente has not – or, I mean, it's not just Fuente. It's a lot of, you know, coaches. You, you just don't know going into a game how many – like, I, I've, I've had them uh, – uh, I forget which game it was, but they, they ended up having, like, 15 guys out that I right. had no idea about – so, and by the way, I think Fuente's lost that locker room. And so, no, normally anytime Virginia Tech getting double digits at home, I would normally be very interested. But I just don't really know what's going on inside well, that locker room and, right and now. Miami, Miami got them, and I had them on Three Dog Thursday. Miami got them at Blacksburg. And, of course, Liberty beat them on the last second field goal on the bizarre circumstance where they had blocked the game-winning oh, field goal. Right, and they and they had they had blocked the game winning field goal to run it in for a touchdown, but Fuente overcoached and called timeout to freeze the kicker, and he got a redo and he made the kick. So they've lost a couple of times at home already, and Godzilla's coming to town. That one will be in prime time Saturday night. So we understand about Virginia Tech and and stay away is what we're saying against Clemson. However, there's another ACC dog you do like. Go ahead. 
Uh, yeah, and before I get to it, I'm just, I've just i been saying this for decades. If you want to ice the kicker, do it. But don't give him a warm-up kick because if he misses the warm-up kick, you would have won the game. And if he makes it, he's just got more confidence on the next one. But moving on, Boston College plus four and a half at Virginia. BC is 17-5 and one against the spread in class 23 as a road underdog. Phil Dracovic, who uh, your listeners have heard me talk about a lot this year, he's had a great year, 17-5. TDI&T ratio, three rushing touchdowns. He left last week's game, but Halfley said today that uh, he practiced today. He looks good. He feels confident that, that he'll play. But even if he doesn't, uh, the backup, Dennis Grossel, came in last week and had two touchdowns and no picks, and he started seven games last year and had a decent 9-3 to TDI and T ratio. But I think Dracovic's going to be able to go, and I think that uh, BC is going to go in and win outright uh, like I'm plus the four and a half. Very interesting uh, there for that. And again, Notre Dame has Syracuse in the afternoon in the ACC, and they're favored by 34 to destroy them and finish at 10 and 0, at which point they're already coronated here to be in the ACC title game and don't have to play next week as we were covering. Um, so that that one is interesting. Clemson will be later in the evening. Will they have trouble or not for uh, Virginia Tech and for college football playoff purposes? We'll see. By the way, you didn't mention Gators and Tennessee. Tennessee has had COVID issues. They're hosting the game. Are they going to fire Jeremy Pruitt? Is this one of the last stands here? At two and five after such oh, a good start fired, to the yeah. season, it looks like they will. And Florida favored by 18, seven and a half or 18 at most places for Saturday afternoon. And Alabama, who I saw playing LSU on uh, Saturday night, I don't know if they can give the Tide enough points. When was the last time that LSU was a 30 point underdog at home? Has that happened in the 2000s wow. with Nick Saban coaching, Les Miles coaching, and now uh, the I, cookie monster I'm at the helm? Guess. I don't. I'm thinking never. I'm gonna get. Ah, uh, maybe in the Curly Holloman era. Yeah, you got to go to Curly Holloman. You got to go back to Mike Archer, maybe, uh, for LSU to be <laughs> that big of a Mike dog. Archer. Maybe, maybe back then. But yeah, twenty nine and a half for Alabama, and you know they want to put it on LSU. Uh, for Saturday night to uh, get some more style points if they can. All right, there's the college football conversation. Brian, stand by. We've got more with you later talking NFL football straight ahead here on Three Dog Thursday. Our video roundtable, my man Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast is coming up here. But first, we're brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Hopefully you feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet of up to $250, a free shot basically, to try to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, sorry, it has passed. However, there's always football to be played, whether it's college or the NFL this weekend. And whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value on the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, contests, everything they offer every week make the right play and sign up with my bookie and when you do use the promo code sgp and you get half your deposit matched all the way up to a thousand bucks you put a hundred in they'll match 50 you put 200 in they'll match 100 go all the way up to a thousand dollars they'll match 500 dollars into your account and that's got you in the running to make all the big plays on the college and football a college and NFL football weekend. It's winning season at MyBookie. Join in on the fun. Again, if you're a first-time user, use that promo code SGP for the 50% match. It all comes with MyBookie.ag and the promo code SGP. 
And we're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. And just in time for the holidays, as part of the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows, we're teaming up with Thrive Fantasy for an awesome SGP merchandise bundle. Send in a screenshot of you joining Thrive Fantasy's promo code SGP and signing up for Thrive Fantasy, and you've got a chance to win $100 in Sports Gambling Podcast merchandise. So email your screenshot of you joining Thrive Fantasy using our promo code SGP. Send it to podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com with the screenshot, and you've got a chance to win 100 bucks. For the holidays in SGP merchandise. All right, so with Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of all the research every which direction on Daily Fantasy. And instead, in the NFL, choose 10 of the 20 available player props, build your lineup, and get into the contest to play. Now, a couple of the players that I like this week, you're going to hear me talking more about the Houston Texans as a home underdog uh, here for this week in the final segment of Three Dog Thursday. Here's why. I love Deshaun Watson and the way that he's playing, and the Thrive Fantasy player prop for this week is Deshaun under over on a touchdown and a half against the Colts, who have a good defense. I'm taking that over all the way in the early game in Houston uh, for Watson and the Houston Texans and that player prop. Another player prop that I like, Kyler Murray coming back home off the tough loss to the New England Patriots. I don't think his shoulder's completely healthy. The under-over prop is 290 uh, combined yards passing and rushing for him. The Rams' defense has been really good. I know the 49ers beat them a week ago. But give me the Rams to hold Kyler Murray under 290 yards. The prop is 290 and a half. I'll go under that prop on his combined yards from scrimmage, passing and running the football for that player prop. And one more, I really like the Atlanta Falcons this weekend against the Saints. Todd Gurley under over on a rushing touchdown. It's 0.5. I think he'll score a rushing touchdown against that good Saints defense. I like the Falcons. I like Gurley. Give me that player prop as well. This is all you have to do. Go fly, Go find those favorite player props. Sign up. Find 10 of them. Hit them. Rack up on your prize money. Thrive has given out over $100,000 the last couple of weeks in guaranteed prizes, and they're continuing to give it out uh, right now. If you get these successful props and enter their contest, they've paid out over $250,000 in cash prizes so far this season uh, with Thrive Fantasy. So again, sign up with Thrive Fantasy. Use our promo code SGP, and if you're a first-time depositor, you get a match up to 50 bucks when you put in. Get an instant match up to $50 on your initial deposit. So again, go get Thrive Fantasy in the Apple Store, in the Google Play Store. Download it. Find out more of the rules and regulations at thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Use our promo code SGP. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sports book but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? 
Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed. We do continue. It is Three Dog Thursday in our video roundtable on YouTube. And again, it worked so well last time before Thanksgiving with a one-woman roundtable, Shannon Spake of Fox Sports. We're going to go with a one-man roundtable this time from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Sean Green, my man, is back. Love my uh, West Coast gambling podcast brother from another mother. Good to have you here. And they need to come find us and see us on the YouTube video roundtable because obviously we have faces <laughs> for podcasts. Good to have you, my friend. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I had a great, a great holiday. And uh, I told you before the show, it was cool here. And uh, I was driving back on a Sunday and I was listening to the uh, the serious radio calls and got to hear you uh, on the Bucks radio broadcast hearing you cover uh, the, their cover. They didn't, they didn't win the game, but they did cover the three and a half. So that's true. That was fun. That was the one that we got right on uh, three dog Thursday. I would have, I would have much rather had a victory, but we'll take the cover for underdog purposes and, and we'll get into all of this. Love Sean's insight, by the way, he and Ryan Kramer, Colby, Dan, and everybody with the sports gambling podcast, sportsgambling.com, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and everything that they do. Love his insight here on the program, and thank you for the kind words there hanging out. Uh, interesting that at the time that you were listening, and I had a couple of people uh, ring in, that we were the only game going at uh, 4.30 Eastern time, 1.30 in the West, by design, by CBS and the league, because it was Mahomes and the Chiefs against the Buccaneers. So such a big game, and I saw the ratings a little while ago have finally – finalized that there were over 24 million people that were watching that game on Sunday. So the NFL wow. is still king in the television world. All right, so that's a good place for us to begin with all of this because we're going to work our way through my misery with the Bucks, your misery with your Eagles, then get to some college football in a little bit uh, as well. So I, I want to get to this here with, uh, with respect to the Chiefs and what we saw last week. I saw this firsthand, sir. With, uh, with Tyreek Hill, there he is. putting. That's not the peace sign. That's two up for my second touchdown. <laughs> Sean, he had 203 yards receiving in the, in the first quarter of the game. Could have very easily, it seemed like, had a 300-yard game. They just have so many other weapons with Kelsey and Hardman in the backs out of the backfield. All right, so that's me saying it. The Chiefs look devastating at field level in person. What do you have to say now that they have advanced to what ten and one on the year and are the defending champs? Yeah, you know it's interesting. Uh, there's there's so many storylines going on in the NFL this season. The fact that the Chiefs are just quietly dominating and looking like they're on pace to come back and win the Super Bowl again, it, it's just not hitting everyone's register. There's so much else going on, but uh, yeah, I mean that offense when that offense is clicking, look out, and it's it's clicking for most of the time. I was kicking myself for not having a Tyreek Hill and our, we do a daily fantasy lineup for the uh, millionaire maker for DraftKings, And I'm kicking myself for not having Tyreek Hill in this matchup. The Bucks defense, it's weird. They've been pretty good throughout the season overall, but they've struggled with the deep ball. And I, I remember I watched the, uh, I was, I had a bet on them uh, on the Bucks when they played the chargers and Herbert kind of lit them up a little bit uh, with that deep ball. And he really uncorked some. And I, I should have seen this coming that a guy like Tyreek Hill is just so tough to cover and you throw in the, their uh, defensive issues in the secondary when it comes to covering the deep ball that should have just been an obvious spot but I mean top to bottom the uh, you know the Chiefs have great coaching 
great uh, quarterback play. Mahomes uh, on pace to be the MVP once again, and not a lot of holes on this uh, Chiefs team right now, top to bottom. And, you know, you, you mentioned my Eagles. Certainly could use the coaching prowess of Andy Reid right now. Doug Peterson struggling to put together an offensive game plan and Carson Wentz struggling to execute it. All right, so we'll get into that here in just a second. But, you know, back to the whole thing with Mahomes and the arm strength, seeing that at field level. And, again, I'm making them out to almost seemingly be invincible. We know Pittsburgh has been very good in the AFC uh, so far. I, I, you know, Buffalo, can they hang in with them or not? Uh, it, the Raiders, would they get a third crack at them in a rubber match? Did beat them earlier this year. I don't know that the Tennessee Titans – Titans were the surprise team last year. I don't think we should make the mistake, I'm not saying you are, of handing it just to Kansas City in the AFC, right? Yeah, and certainly, especially with the way the playoffs are set up this year, that number one seed is going to be huge, I think, on both the NFC and AFC side. The fact that only one of those teams gets a bye and the fact that they get home field throughout, I think especially in this year uh, – you know, maybe the home field with the crowd, not as big as it normally is, but you look at a, a team like Pittsburgh with an aging veteran quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. He doesn't want to have to play that AFC championship game in Kansas City. He doesn't want to have to get on a plane and fly out there, you know, nursing all his, uh, his old man injuries, the back, whatever he's got going, the elbow. I mean, you know how it gets when you get a little bit older. Things just start falling apart. He wants to be able to stay at home, sleep in his own bed, and I think that'll be huge. So if Pittsburgh can hang on to that number one spot, lock that in for the playoffs, that's going to be big, and I think that's their best chance to uh, slow down the Chiefs, who have one loss uh, to the Raiders, and it looked like the Raiders almost had a, a chance to get another one against them. I don't know what it is. The Raiders are the only team that seems to be able to figure out the Chiefs right now, but I certainly wouldn't complain about a uh, Steelers-Chiefs AFC championship game. No, not at all. And again, Tennessee is rounding into form. I mean, they devastated Indianapolis last weekend with Derrick Henry running the ball. They'd love another crack at, at Kansas City. But again, it, it looks like under the current scenario, because the, the uh, Titans have lost, what, four times or five times, there's no way they're going to be able to host ultimately a playoff game with the Chiefs. They would have to go beat them there again in Kansas City. We will see in the AFC. That's the voice of Sean Green with me, Sports Gambling Podcast here as part of our YouTube roundtable. If you're only hearing us on uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows through Three Dog Thursday, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however you found us, social media link, come find the video roundtable here as part of Three Dog Thursday. Search Three Dog Thursday on YouTube. You'll see what we look like. You'll see the video that we're making reference to, et cetera, et cetera. Find this on YouTube. Okay, I waited long enough. I waited as, as long as I possibly could. And the photos, sometimes pictures say a thousand words where they say it all. That says it all for your Philadelphia Eagles as we're seeing on the YouTube roundtable here. Carson Wentz and a Monday night loss to the uh, Seahawks. Not only on him, but again, offensive line uh, really struggling with backups, uh, lacking in the skill positions, not the offensive punch. Uh, and suddenly now a couple of the NFC East teams have been winning some games, so they're no longer in first place in the East. All right, you get to pick it up here. Uh, you apologize for those Eagles even out on the West Coast. What is going on? 
Yeah, I mean, I wish it was just one thing. If I could just say, oh, it's just the offensive line injuries. Oh, it's just Carson Wentz struggling with accuracy. Oh, it's just uh, Doug Peterson not being able to drop a game plan. Oh, it's just the fact that he insists on playing Jason Peters, even though the uh, the rugby kid, Jordan Mailata, looks so much better at left tackle. Like, it's been a colossal failure on all levels. And, you know, the defense has had some moments where they've looked pretty good. I mean, that was a pretty decent performance against a high-powered uh, Seattle offense. Now, you don't expect to shut them out, but they kept them within striking distance, and the offense just couldn't do anything. They couldn't put up points, and that's really kind of been the story. I, I just don't understand Carson Wentz completely falling off a cliff. And, uh, yeah, it's just been bad. I mean, I'm fine with uh, Jalen Hurts giving him a start just to see – I think I think Carson Wentz needs a break. He needs he needs whatever's going on. It feels like it's a lot mental because I think the kid still has a lot of talent. He still has a lot of physical ability. He's just not seeing the field well, which you need to see the field well as a quarterback. Uh, Jameis Winston knows that all too well. A guy who had to get eye surgery, but I I I, I think you need to do him a favor and uh, sit him down for a little bit. And and I think Doug Peterson needs to give a play calling. For, fair to say, Wentz has regressed at this point. As good as he was maybe even a couple of years ago, the decision-making, the things that you're saying, we can, we, you can see that right now. I, I don't think that's unfair. I don't think that's a cheap shot, right? No, that's not. He's just looked way worse. And even this season's been weird because there's been moments where you've seen flashes of old Carson where he looks really good, uh, rolling out, making a couple plays here or there, connecting on some deep balls, which, of course, the receivers drop. So there's been moments where he uh, has looked a little bit like his old self. But especially this past month, these three or four games, there's just no, nothing positive to say about him or his game. It's, it's really sad. For a guy who has a giant Carson Wentz fathead on her washer dryer, uh, it is it is tough times because I'm itching to pull that thing down because it's just a reminder of this young dominant quarterback we had almost getting the MVP, setting themselves. You know, he was a huge reason they won the Super Bowl, getting them to 11 and two uh, before getting knocked out, setting up that home field advantage for Nick Foles to take advantage of. And now it's just I, I can't even argue for him to start. It's really. It's, uh, it's just a huge bummer as an Eagles fan. But as a gambler, I, I just got to keep picking against them. There you go. And they did get the cover, just like the Bucks. They got the late cover with the late garbage touchdown uh, to even it up. Uh, all right, so we'll move off. I promise you now, we'll move off of the <laughs> NFL and be moaning your Eagles. By the way, I should just make mention while we're plugging things, uh, we should do this for my man, uh, Sean Green. Uh, his great new comedy album is out. And we've been promoting this because you're a stand-up comedian by, by trade. This Loss Hurts Us All is available right now. They can download it through iTunes, through Apple Music, buy it through Amazon. You see all the links right there. Uh, this comes from a phrase from your father about Eagles games in the past. Just, just will not go away. The losing won't go away. So right here it is on the uh, YouTube roundtable on the video. This Loss Hurts, it all, hurts Us All. There's where you can get it on, on your different uh, outlets search it it's hilarious it's great stuff plug there uh, plug there one more time my friend i'm not i'm not trying to you know just belabor how bad the eagles are but you in some ways it's therapeutic for you to just yes. you know riff yes. on the eagles because this loss hurts us all 
It is, it is great to rant. And of course, yeah, that was something my dad yelled out. I, I have the whole story on the album, but it's something my dad yelled out uh, after the Eagles got destroyed by uh, the Arizona Cardinals in prime time. It was kind of the end of the Chip Kelly era. So kind of fitting that I released this album and possibly now trigger the uh, end of the Doug Peterson era. Yeah, I mean, if you if you like sports uh, and you like comedy, I, I think uh, everyone checks it out. Should have a, have a little bit of fun there. A lot of uh, eagle stories and just uh, yeah, no, it is. It's just so frustrated. But hey, we're a fan, so I'll be I'll be forced to watch the game this Sunday against the Packers. I'll be there wearing my Eagles jersey. I'm not optimistic, but again, I have a, I have a feeling it could be another uh, painful loss coming up this Sunday. All right. Um, still more to come here on the NFL with Brian Edwards in our final segment. Let's segue and talk a little college football and the midweek controversy. I have already addressed this with Brian, but I want your take. Again, you're West Coast based in L.A. with the Sports Gambling Podcast. This whole thing, this whole notion with the Big Ten and what are they going to do, uh, especially if Ohio State <laughs> can't uh, – can't finish the season here with six games and are they going to change it? And of course, Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit, the, uh, the lead analyst for ESPN, essentially the top analyst in college football, suggested midweek at the time that we're taping that Michigan might not pur- purposely might not want to play Ohio State just to sabotage their chances <laughs> at the Big Ten title game. They might opt out. Herbstreit were now watching on the video, then took to social media after the TV show This was fascinating, Sean. On the TV show, Reese Davis said, do you want to amend your comments, essentially, to any of the guys when they kicked it around? And Herbstreet didn't didn't do it then, live. And I don't know what was going on with that, but then he took it upon himself to release this video, apologize to Harbaugh, apologize to Michigan fan. This is an Ohio State guy apologizing (laughs) to Michigan fan, as he did here. Sean, as we come back on screen, what do you make uh, of that? Uh, and, and Michigan did end up pausing and they're not going to play this weekend. Their game is canceled. <laughs> there is a rumor that they may be done for the year. Did Herb Street spill the beans too quickly? <laughs> what did you make of all of that? Yeah, well, I mean, first off, uh, you know, you're talking smack on a college pregame show. You don't need to apologize. I've said some horrible things about the Dallas Cowboys. You're never going to catch me apologizing. Come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, clearly he meant what he said, and there's something to it. We've seen these teams. I mean, <clears throat> down in Florida, uh, Florida State has had some pretty interesting last-minute cancellations. Of course, the, the bigger issue is each one of these conferences has their own set of protocols, their own set of rules, their own set of standards when it comes to cancellation. So that's why we've had this kind of just uh, you know complete disaster when it comes it's to like the, the Wild West. Played. Make yeah, it up as you go along. Everyone's making up the rules as they go along. So for him to kind of speculate, I thought – I mean, I watched it. I thought he was just kind of having fun with them, like, hey, they're going to wave the white flag. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of kids on that Michigan football team playing their hearts out, yada, yada, yada. But come on, it, it's a TV show. We're having fun. Everyone knows he's an Ohio State apologist, and he's he wants Ohio State to get into the Big Ten championship game, and, and rightfully so. Also, like – I just don't get it. Like these, these rules, the whole thing about COVID in 2020 is we have to remain flexible. So why is the big 10 forcing themselves to put other teams besides Ohio state in the big 10 championship? If other teams are canceling their games, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be punishing Ohio state. They they should have an option to reschedule out of conference games or, or, or reschedule a different big 10 opponent, whatever it is. 
try and put the best product out there for the fans and really for these Ohio State kids, you know, try and give them the best chance of having the season. It, it just like it just doesn't make sense that they're the Big Ten is almost punishing themselves with the enforcement of possibly these rules. So I, I get it. You want everything to be fair, but you also have to realize, hey, stuff changes. I mean, you know, all of a sudden, next thing you know, there's a game on Wednesday night. Uh, in the NFL. Is it fair? No, but you, we're trying to figure things out as we go. So uh, I don't think you should have apologized. And maybe he was on to something. That's, I mean, if he really called this, this is, uh, we got to get him on the Sports Gambling Podcast because that's one, one hell of a uh, lead pipe lock there. Well, I think he has coaches talking to him. And, and I think in this case, coaches that were upset were like Dabo Sweeney, who thought that Florida State ducked him, like you were yeah. mentioning. And yeah, I, I and think he's got, he may have he's been got talking. kids on. His kids are on the Clemson team, so I'm Correct. sure he's hearing Got a pipeline. You know, straight and from I the horse's he, mouth. I think he probably had talked to Ryan Day, and Ryan Day may have privately expressed to him, hey, they may do this just to screw us out of the, out of the Big Ten title game. Yes. And now he's spilling that on national TV and realizing, I got to reel, like fishing, I got to reel that back in here while he's spilling that. So... Uh, interesting on that. A few more moments with Sean Green, a sports gambling podcast. He and Ryan Kramer do a great job. We are thrilled with Three Dog Thursday to be part of their network, sports gambling podcast network of shows uh, with Three Dog Thursday. This is the YouTube roundtable, and we're looking on the screen uh, once more at the team. I worked their game on Saturday, Alabama and Auburn in the Iron Bowl. I will say this, Sean, I've seen Alabama three times. I've not seen Clemson in person. I've not seen Notre Dame in person. We were talking about this earlier in the podcast. I don't know who's beating these guys on a neutral field. Maybe Clemson can, maybe Notre Dame can. If Ohio State gets there, and there's a great debate whether they should be there if they've only played five or six games. But this guy, Devontae Smith, is an NFL top 10 pick at receiver, and he's gotten even better, even without Jalen Waddell, uh, the other great receiver who's been injured. They can't double team him, they can't stop him. This team runs the ball, this team, Alabama's defense, has played better. I think their defense is better than Clemson's defense. It's certainly better than Florida's defense. Notre Dame probably plays on par defense with Alabama. All right, Sean, I've said enough here, but we're looking at them on the video screen. Is, is Alabama the team to beat in this college football playoff real quick? <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're on Three Dog Thursday, so I want to try and give you an angle on a dog. But I, I, on, the, on our college football picks podcast, I keep throwing Alabama in my locks and my teases. You can never play them as a dog, but – uh, they've just been dominant, and they're, they're even covering these massive spreads. You made a great point about Waddle, the injury. People thought, like, okay, maybe this will slow down this, uh, this Alabama offense. But Mac Jones, he's been playing really well at the quarterback position. You throw in this weird, wild COVID year, and, and coaching, I think, really stands out in years like this. And, uh, you know, Saban is just getting them ready to go, and, and they're just dominating top to bottom uh, certainly interesting as far as uh, Trevor Lawrence you know he, he missed a couple games because of COVID he's come out with just you know a man on fire and they're kind of really going out of their way to really uh I, I don't know have some statements games here I, I think the ACC will be pretty stoked to get 
uh, you know, Clemson and Notre Dame in there. So I think they were kind of happy that Notre Dame got that one loss against Clemson. And Clemson obviously has a great case of like, well, Trevor Lawrence was out. And of course, they do factor in injuries when seeding these college football playoffs. But Maybe Notre Dame, but uh, I don't know, man. How do you pick against Alabama right now? There's almost no value in betting them because they're they're basically even money to win the championship, but uh, it's tough picking another team right now. It'll be interesting with Florida. And again, I live in the state of Florida. I did not go to the University of Florida. I am not a Gator. I'm not married to a Gator, but I'm around enough of them. They believe they can hang with Alabama, at least offensively. It'll be interesting. What is that line? In an SEC title game, if it's all equal and we get there, and it's on a neutral field, is Alabama favored by 10? Are they favored by just a touchdown? I'll be curious what that line is in the SEC title game with Florida. And, again, they, they have been devastating yeah, and covering and, and, these lines most of the year. Yeah, and, and Florida, I think their defense will struggle with uh, Alabama's speed and slowing them down. Although, Kyle Trask, he was uh, in our college football uh, preview podcast. I threw out Kyle Trask as uh, my Heisman Trophy pick. I think it was like 25 or 30 to one at the time we gave it out. And so I've been, uh, I've been pretty excited with his performance so far. You're this looking season. good. And he's got video game numbers. Uh, there is no doubt uh, on that. That's for sure. Hey, one more, your quick opinion. And I don't have it for the video screen. We said this earlier. I, I am dumbfounded as we're taping this three dog Thursday podcast midweek. Why are Cincinnati and BYU not playing? Do you just blame Cincinnati that they aren't willing to take the risk? Because BYU clearly wanted to play somebody last week for a bye week, somebody this week. That is a logical game for both of them, for credibility, for the New Year's Six Bowl games. Your opinion, please. Did Cincinnati not just – they just don't want to take the risk before they play Tulsa next week, the 12th, and then the American Championship game? It looks like they've chickened out on taking a real risk that could help them maybe get into the top four. My take, that's my take. What do you say? Yeah, no, hard to disagree with you there. I mean, I think Cincinnati or and BYU, they both need this game. If they want to be serious about getting in as kind of like the uh, the wild card there into the college football playoff, they they need this game and maybe they don't want to risk the loss. So they think maybe they can build a case or maybe – Cincinnati, the undefeated season matters more to them than risking the undefeated season and, and a chance at the college football playoff. Again, this is why, especially with this year, with the scheduling all over the place, you know, it's the same complaint people have with boxing. Like there just needs to be one commissioner in charge of everything. (laughs) And, you know, so we can see the fights we want to see as a boxing fan. uh, You know, you, you host a big fight weekend. That's the biggest complaint with the boxing fans. Sometimes we don't get to see the fights we want to see the fans want to see. And in college football, I'd love to watch that Cincinnati BYU game. That would be a very good game. Kind of a nice matchup style wise style makes uh, fights TJ, as you, you know, and uh, who wouldn't want to see that game? I, I It's hard not to say they're chickening out unless they give us a reason otherwise. Well, and again, uh, and I said this earlier here on the podcast, that Cincinnati team needed a resume builder, and you would have a strong argument. Obviously, yes. this is the point. If late in the year you beat BYU, let's say on a neutral field, uh, if they couldn't agree, should it be home or away, play on a neutral field, then you beat Tulsa, who's good, in the final regular season game, and then win the American championship, you could have a real argument in this crazy year, we should be in the four, even though we're not a power five team because we finished undefeated. You don't have that argument right now, as far as I'm concerned, when you had a chance to do something about it, when they are still sixth 
or they're seventh. Don't gripe to anybody when they're fifth or sixth and just out of the top four when you didn't take the chance and didn't play BYU. That's me saying that one more time. All right, so let me plug away once more with my guys on the Sports Gambling Podcast and uh, and their shows. Again, Ryan Kramer joins Sean Green. Colby Dan is in this shot that we're seeing here too from earlier in the week. Whether it's the college previews, Sean, whether it is the NFL previews, the fantasy football, they need to go to the sportsgamblingpodcast.com, at Gambling Podcast on social media. Go subscribe wherever you get podcasts. There you guys are, breaking it all down every week. Uh, whether it be on video or on audio, go find it wherever you have podcasts. You guys have a great time. The following is built up. The hashtag is DGENs only for the degenerate gamblers. This yes. is your show. This is your haven right here, Sean Grant. Yes. Uh, yeah, just Google Sports Gambling Podcast. Can't miss us. Putting out a ton of content, not only on our feed, but the Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed uh, with Three Dog Thursday, Big Fight Weekend. Uh, we just launched a new uh, MMA uh, show that we got going, NBA. Of course, Colby Dant, the college experience. There's just a ton of content. If you like gambling, you like sports, head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Always, uh, always good to chop it up with you, TJ, and uh, enjoy having you on the network, man. Hey, you were great to come on here. And again, publicly, thank you to Sean, to Ryan, and the Sports Gambling Podcast guys. We're part of what they do on sportsgamblingpodcast.com and the network feed of shows. We'll try to improve with the underdogs. We struggled a little bit last week, but we've been good most of these weeks. So I'm anxious to, uh, to scrap and get some more underdog successful predictions. You guys keep knocking them dead with the content uh, coming out all the time on Sports Gambling Podcast and the feed of shows in sportsgamblingpodcast.com. They need to lock in. You guys are making people money with your locks, with your, uh, with your best bets, with your underdogs, with everything that you have. They need to go find you. Sean Green, thank you. I appreciate you hopping on here with me on Three Dog Thursday on the video roundtable. Take it easy, TJ. Great stuff from him. Again, Brian Edwards joins me one more time here to talk some NFL football in our final segment as we continue. He is back in once more. We encourage you to find him at brianedwardsports.com or majorwager.com. You also get his picks through Vegas Insider. He's been rolling in the National Football League. But I got to say, at the time that we are taping, it is all said and done with the first ever Wednesday afternoon edition of Sunday Night Football, which was actually supposed to be Thursday Night Thanksgiving Football on NBC so last week, they were supposed to play the Ravens and the Steelers, and we, we left the air saying on Three Dog Thursday, Brian Edwards, we don't know if this game's going to get played. It turned out it did not get played Thursday. It got rescheduled for Sunday, didn't get played then. Then it was going to be Tuesday night, which they've done that a couple of times before the NFL trying to get these games played. And then Baltimore had to make sure they didn't have m multiple new positives and a bigger outbreak. And the NFL went ahead and just kind of looked the other way and said, okay, even though you have 15 players that can't play because either they're positive or they're directly connected to who's positive, we're still going to make you play the game. We're not going to delay it. And you're playing the Steelers on Wednesday afternoon. And I know you are still seething from earlier in the podcast that Baltimore scores a late touchdown that didn't help them win but helped them cover, even though the Steelers got the win to go 11-0. You aren't happy, my friend, to sum it up. I, I am not happy at all. That I mean, Pittsburgh should have won that game by four touchdowns. They had so Deontay Johnson had like three drops. James Washington had a, a couple of drops. You know, on fourth and short, they they went they went 
they're in the shotgun with four wide and then they put the running back in motion on fourth and goal from the one. And uh, Benny Snell was running like a champ the whole game. They had two fourth and shorts where they threw it and didn't get it. And, and then the fumble on the punt return, uh, it was just ridiculous. Now, in terms of getting the game in, however, I think I've mentioned a bunch of times and even recommended it to your listeners back in the summer, I am – all about Pittsburgh over nine and a half on the season win total, which is already right, a winner right. knock on wood. But if they don't play 16 games, it becomes a no play or a push. So thank goodness they got the game in. Uh, but uh, yeah, I laid the points with the Steelers. I actually had, had taken it two weeks ago on the look ahead line and had it at minus two. Then I'd taken it at minus like three and a half or four early last week. Then that gets postponed. Then I'd taken it uh, <laughs> minus six. It was going to be on Tuesday. That got postponed. And so then I have it at minus 10 and I lose. But it, when you took it at the smaller line, you did all right uh, on the cover. But Trace McSorley's late touchdown pass to Marquise Brown certainly helped uh, a lot of people that, that stuck oh, no, with those. those those initial bets got canceled, and, wow. and it's weird because I've seen tweets about it that certain house rules don't cancel. All those plays that I just said that I made, they all ah. got canceled, ah. which I have – especially the look-ahead one. The, the one from minus two two weeks ago, the look-ahead line, I can understand why the ones from last week got canceled. The look-ahead line, no, that's like betting a game. But what, I mean, but honestly, summer, whatever – You're betting it. <laughs> Here we go with make it up as we go along. Whatever happened to right, exactly. if I got it, if I got it at minus three, and then you find out a bunch of these guys are injured or COVID positive and it goes up, but the game is played, why why do I get my bet invalidated if I was smart enough to get it if I got it at minus three or uh, and, and somebody else had to lay minus 10 or minus 12 or whatever it ended up being? I, that's just, to me, they should I, honor that on I when you bet, but they didn't ask me. I'm not the king, right? You know, I think they would have. I think that there's probably a note on the back of the ticket that says it has to be played on that day specific. I would imagine, and and that's probably why those bets got canceled. Always have an out, some way, some different direction. Pittsburgh though does win. They're now eleven and zero. They've never been eleven and zero, even in those Super Bowl years in the late seventies with the Steel Curtain and all the Hall of Famers, or even their other Super Bowl winning seasons with Big Ben. And they are the first team, I believe this is correct, they are the first team to get to 11-0 and since the 2015 Panthers, who got to 14-0 and unbeaten correct. before losing. So, And they now have the Washington football team. And in the bizarro schedule, that game was supposed to be a Sunday game where they were going to have 10 days off. But because this Ravens game got pushed... And they ended up getting what on my math uh, a full ten days off before they or a full nine before they played the Ravens. They're now going to have Pittsburgh play Washington on the Monday afternoon. So another quirky game, a Monday afternoon five Eastern time game is Pittsburgh and Washington, part of the Monday doubleheader that they're going to play. So the Steelers get the extra day to prepare there for that. By the way, it's it's quirky because they're giving Baltimore. Uh, another day beyond that and letting them play Dallas on Tuesday. And again, that has a lot to do with the Cowboys and their primetime TV audience ratings are massive. So Baltimore gets the extra day despite all the COVID stuff. Pittsburgh has to play a day earlier. Baltimore gets to wait till next Tuesday at the time that we're taping uh, to play the Dallas Cowboys. 
in the Week 13 NFL schedule. I'm just glad we got 12 weeks now in with them playing that game. So now we look ahead, and there was never a Thursday game scheduled here for December. So there's not a Thursday game. We now look ahead to the weekend games for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Um, all right, so uh, give me a give me a thought here. I'm looking at a couple of road underdogs, and one of those are the Atlanta Falcons, who just demolished the the Las Vegas Raiders last week, blew them out. Did you see the stat about the Raiders and how bad they were in this game with a couple of their stats in the game? Are you aware of this, of, of the magnitude of it? Uh, somebody put it out there. You ready? You ready, Brian? Uh, go ahead. All right, go so ahead. they are the first team in the history. Are you ready? In the history of the NFL, and I think I have most of this correct. Somebody can correct me on Three Dog Thursday. In the history of the NFL, there had never been a team have fewer than 150 yards offense, have as many as five sacks, have as many as like 10 penalties in a game, allow the other team to score 40 or more points. I I believe the stipulation was a team that was at least three games above 500. Any team, all time in the NFL, is at least a decent team, at least three games. I mean, listen to that. 150 yards or less offense, sacked at least five times, allowed the opponent 40 or more points. Oh, and I think it was like three or more turnovers. That had never happened in the NFL to a team that was at least three games above 500 in the game. That's how bad the Raiders were Sunday against the Falcons. To you, how much do we credit Raheem Morris uh, my former Buccaneer coach, who's now the interim Falcon coach, clearly auditioning for the job. How much do we credit him in the turnaround for that? And what does it translate to with a rematch with New Orleans coming in, upcoming here? Uh, you got to give Rocky Morris a, a, a lot of credit. Um, obviously, they're, they're still playing hard. Um, and you just never know with the Falcon Saints. You just never know in this rivalry uh, you know, I thought the Falcons uh, played extremely well in the first half of the game at New Orleans, and I, I was thinking they were going to win that game. And then they just laid a complete egg, especially on the offensive side of the ball uh, in the second half. And, uh, you know, Julio's questionable, and that's always a big deal. I mean, he didn't play last week, and the Falcons' offense looked great. But um, the other receivers got the really tough pronunciation uh, that went to UVA. Uh, he's out this week, so that makes Julio's – uh, presence or absence even all the more uh, important. So uh, kind of early in the week to, to be to be deciding on that game in my mind, just because if you're going to back the Falcons, I think you got to be pretty confident that Julio's going to go. Sure, and they've had Calvin Ridley injured too. It's it's what Zacchaeus Williams, I think, is the is a receiver that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, and and Todd Gurley has also been nicked up, but they didn't. I mean, they didn't mind it. They didn't miss it last week with the defense making plays. And you just wonder here, with the Saints having beaten them a couple of weeks ago, the Saints basically got a gift where the NFL made the Broncos play them without a true quarterback, had to suit up a practice squad player that that had not taken a snap in the NFL, hadn't played quarterback at all in three years. I mean, that was a layup, talking about your layups or your... You know your your two foot putt uh, in golf analogy. I mean, with the exception, excuse me, of probably uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and maybe we could throw one more team uh, th- that's horrible uh, year in and year in and year out uh, that way. Every other team in the league would have clobbered Denver the same way New Orleans did last week. If you have no quarterback and you can't complete a pass in the first half, 
any decent team was going to beat them and blow them out. So that's what the Saints did. Yeah. I think it's also fascinating. This is now two games where you've got tape on Taysom Hill as well and what and what kind of pass offense they're running. I, I right. think he only threw the ball. He didn't even throw the ball 20 times total last week. He was far more game manager running it. They didn't have to have it. They played defense. Um, I, I think Atlanta's going to be ready for him. I know you're not ready to do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to make the pick on Three Dog Thursday. Give me the Falcons to win outright as a home doggy. I like them here in this situation with New Orleans and the game with the Saints. Do you have another underdog that stands out, or do you want me to go to my next one? Do you have a dog on the slate right now that you really like, Brian, headed into this uh, Week 13? Well, well, I'm keeping my eye on Arizona. Um, The Rams, I I had them finishing a a Moneyline parlay. All they needed to do was beat San Fran, and Jared Goff was so gosh darn awful, and they looked terrible last week. I know Zona's kind of struggling here, but uh, that's been on the road. They're back home, a chance to get right. Uh, and, look, if Daniel Jones wouldn't have uh, 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 gotten injured the other day, uh, well, A, I wouldn't have gotten backdoored by the Bengals, and, B, uh, I would be loving the Giants at, at plus seven or more with a healthy Jones. They're at plus ten and Colt McCoy. And I just – even though the Giants have a lot of momentum and they're playing well – uh, they get Caden Smith back this week. They get a couple other guys back from COVID. Uh, I just don't know that I can trust Colt McCoy. Yeah, and again, that's at Seattle, who won on Monday night very impressively. I mean, Pete Carroll just does a tremendous job. They come all the way to the East and are always ready to play. Russell Wilson, tremendous. They had to hang on a little bit, but they beat Philadelphia. And now they can greatly influence the NFC East race again if they go ahead and beat the Giants. Who's going to win that division with Jones hurt with the hamstring? You thought maybe the Giants would would take shape. Can the Cowboys? Is it Washington? Can Washington? uh, again, the cat, the Cowboys. Jones isn't back soon. Yeah, right, right. The Cowboys uh, again are playing Baltimore on Tuesday. Washington playing Pittsburgh. Uh, Philadelphia playing at Green Bay. This could be another week where the NFC East doesn't win a game. Dallas at Baltimore. Washington at Pittsburgh. Philadelphia at Green Bay. Giants at Seattle. We could be 13 weeks in where nobody has more than four wins in the NFC East. Uh, let's see what happens there uh, with the different ones. Yeah, then. yeah. I, I gave I, you gave me an idea just then because I know it would be at plus money, so therefore it's available for Three Dog Thursday. A money line parlay against the NFC East, and if you hit the first three <laughs> legs, you can take Dallas plus the points or on the money line on Tuesday against Baltimore. So what wow. is that? That is Green Bay, Seattle, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. Money line parlay, and you can hedge a little if the first three legs I like get it. going into Tuesday. The NFC least still showing itself. Washington may have something for Pittsburgh. That would be the best chance because Philadelphia is all over the place. We just heard Sean Green, by the way, in the YouTube segment bashing his Eagles. Carson Wentz, they seem to have regressed. It looks like Doug. Uh, Peterson's going to take back over the play calling. Their offensive line's a mess. I mean, Green Bay's favored by nine uh, in that game. I've got one more before we get out of here on Three Dog Thursday that I like, and that is the Houston Texans, who are playing much better for Romeo Cronell. Uh, it obviously shows they had tuned out Bill O'Brien with his uh, militant tactics behind the scenes. They've now loosened up. They're playing better football. Uh, they look great on Thanksgiving Day, destroying the Lions. They now play Indianapolis 
who is smarting from the beating they took from the Titans at home. Indianapolis road dog at Houston. Deshaun Watson has been fantastic their last two or three games. I know Will Fuller got the six-game NFL suspension for a PED violation uh, since this win over Detroit. The wide receiver, Fuller, who's one of his targets. Uh, But I still like Houston here with the points and their defense. J.J. Watt looked rejuvenated. Houston looks like they're fighting for Romeo Cornell to maybe be the full-time coach. I will take them as the underdog here with Indianapolis, especially after Indianapolis got hammered by Tennessee last week. Give me uh, the... Uh, Texans here as the as the doggy. I will I will gladly take them uh, here in this instance as they they covered uh, as a dog with the Cleveland Browns. They covered did the Texans with the New England Patriots a couple of games ago as an underdog. I'll take them again here, getting points at home uh, against Rivers and the Colts, who they were looking they were looking good as an AFC playoff team, Indianapolis, until what Tennessee did to them last week. Now they're just trying to vie for relevancy in the AFC South if they can keep it up. So I'll take the Texans there in an early game in Houston, 1 Eastern time, noon local time on Sunday for Three Dog Thursday purposes. All right, so there we go. We've covered the NFL sufficiently. Brian, tell the audience, and you've been rolling with your NFL picks, not just underdogs, but favorites and uh, under-over totals, etc. So tell the audience where they can find out more of your great information as we head towards the weekend this weekend on everything with what you do. Go ahead. Actually, full disclosure, I was on an 8-0 run to get me to 60% and number one out of 36 NFL handicappers on BI. But since then, I've had a 1-3-1, a 1-4, thanks to Anthony Flynn and his moronic uh, clock management decision. At least I could have mustered a 2-3 and three with the Chargers back door, and then I lost the game of the Steelers today. So I'm actually cold as ice in the NFL, but you can find me on Twitter at VegasBEdwards. Check me out, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider. Uh, .com and BrianEdwardsSports.com. Thanks, as always, for having me, TJ. Have a great weekend, my man. Good luck to your listeners on all their bets. Yeah, and we thank you for being with us. He may bounce it back. It's been a weird year right now in 2020 on everything across the board. Thanks also to Sean Green of the Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast. Find them at Gambling Podcast on social media, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And again, we thank them. We're part of their network feeds of shows the feed of shows on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network uh, here. Subscribe to Three Dog Thursday, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Google Podcasts, it comes automatically to you. Brian and I picking games, the guests on the YouTube roundtable. Go check out the YouTube roundtable of Three Dog Thursday as well. For now, we are done. Good luck with all of your underdogs as we have them as well here as part of Three Dog Thursday. Bye.